the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Did you see the earthquakes in the last couple of weeks? Big one in Ecuador over the weekend. 200 plus people dying. It's disastrous, right? And you have to kind of prepare for them. If you can, you know, the obvious says things along the lines of have water and food and cash and maybe a gun or whatever it is. Um, There's a bigger disaster looming out there for all of us, and it's called retirement. And you have to have money so that you can have water and food and shelter and security, just like an earthquake disaster. You need these things. Retirement's going to be a disaster for well over 50% of Americans. It's going to be bad. I'm not trying to sell you gold coins. I'm not trying to, to sell fear. I'm saying it's up to you to supplement that little bit of income you're going to get from the U.S. government. And they're probably going to make you work longer until you can get it. And you're going to find that, hey, sometimes that those two things don't work together. So just know it's up to you. Uh, one analyst is predicting Apple's going to have an all-glass phone in 2017. He's been pretty right on. Because uh, he's clearly Asian contacts, and it looks like a, a pure glass phone. Is that enough to get you motivated? Amazon's going to war with Netflix by launching a new standalone video streaming service. Uh, not a lot of details on it. Customers can also subscribe to the full Amazon Prime service on a monthly basis. It costs $10.99 a month or $99 a year. So some people who only use all those two-day deliveries for the holidays maybe only want it for three months of the year, you know. Um, I love Amazon Prime because I don't like going to the store unless I have to. Some things I do like to go to the store for. Um, I want to, you know, look at the meat that I buy, for instance. I want, you know, as best options as I can get. But for toilet paper, bring it to my house. (laughs) That's fine. You want to bring it to the bathroom, that's fine as well. Anyway, let's bring in CFP Chad Burton and let him talk for a little bit about financial planning so you can avoid that financial planning disaster that's looming called retirement. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton to talk financial planning. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Retiring out of state, Chad. Retiring. Sometimes you have to pick where you're going to live. 
when you retire. Uh, what do we need to know about retiring out of state? Well, sometimes you have to potentially do it if you're living in the Bay Area to fight one of the major risks in retirement, and that's taxes. I mean, if, if we look at some of the big ones besides, you know, living way longer than the 80, 86 life expectancy, you've got inflation risks, you have taxes, you have the order of returns, the order of spending. So sometimes people that live in the Bay Area, um, they look to retire out of state, a state that has no state income tax. Now, it's a, it's a pretty complicated um, calculation that you need to do, though, Rob, because you know, if you've had a home for a long time under Prop 13, you've got property taxes that are very, very low. So even if you move out of state into a different state, even if it's Washington or Arizona or Idaho or Nevada or whatever, you might end up paying more in property taxes than you might pay in income taxes. Or your state income taxes might not be as high as you actually think they are. So don't just think that, okay, I'm moving out of California, I'm immediately going to save, you know, 93 to 13% of my income taxes you know, you might have a lot of standard or a lot of itemized deductions or even a standard deduction. It might not be as bad as you think, but it is something to consider, especially if taxes are high, you have too much money in your home and not enough liquidity in your life. Retiring out of state is is, is, is a key, but you're coming from a sunshine, a sunshine state. Say that three times fast, but you um, might need to uh, consider a dual residency if you've got a lot of assets where you can kind of enjoy the sun year round. Um, Washington's amazing. Idaho's amazing in the spring and the summer, but a little tough to deal with in the winter. A lot of people don't think about that because as I've gotten older, I'm not going to say I have arthritis, but I don't want to be shoveling snow. My days of shoveling snow are over, unless it's for cute reasons and not for Mm -hmm. being alive reasons. Um, But there's other things to factor in, too. So how does dual residency work? Because it almost sounds too good to be true. You live in a state that doesn't have income tax, and then you live in another state that doesn't have, what, like sales tax? What are, you, what are we looking for to maximize that benefit? Well, typically, then that's the other thing to consider, Rob, is that if you're living in a state that does not have income tax, like the state of Washington, they still have a, a sales tax. So uh, we have an office in Vancouver, Washington, which is, you know, five minutes from Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon has no income tax, or I'm sorry, no sales tax, but they have a state income tax. And it's just the opposite in Washington. So people in, living in Washington full-time that have that work in Washington don't pay an income tax there, but they pay sales taxes. So everybody has a friend with a truck in the Costco right across the river in Oregon that has no sales tax is very busy. Um, so you, you have to consider where you're moving and what you're going to pay in sales tax as well. Now, California has both sales tax and income tax. So it's very expensive when but, it comes to that. But we don't have now, the estate tax. That's that's true. So it's a it's a very cheap place to die. Right. Tough place to earn a lot of money, but a cheap place to die. Um, now, when it comes to dual residency, what I'm talking about is if you need to avoid any kind of the income tax, I'm talking dual residency in places that have no income tax. So I'm talking about like having two places, you know, small residence in Washington, small residence in uh, Nevada, for example. So neither place have the income tax. And what that is is that we all know that homes in the Bay Area are ridiculously expensive. So a lot of times you can sell a house, buy two smaller places, and still have a bunch of money left over. So that's that's the kind of things that you have to consider as a plan B in retirement if you can't afford to stay in the Bay Area. We've got about a minute left. What else do we need to hit on this topic? Well, it, it might not be now that you need to do something. It might not. Uh, it might be 10, 15 years in in the future 
where you realize that you can't afford to stay there forever. Because the other thing to talk about is inflation risk and the risks of taxes going up across the board. So right now we are enjoying the lowest income tax bracket I've seen in the 23 plus years that I've been in the business. So things will change. Social Security will change. There, you know, even Republicans now, Rob, are talking about uh, more means testing on Social Security versus just changing the system. I think the whole system needs to be changed and fixed. But we also have inflation risk. The value of a dollar is cut in half every 18 years, as you always hear me talk about. So, um, you know, if you get inflation coming into play at the same time, taxes are going to need to go up to pay for the massive amount of, you know, budget deficits that this country has. You've got to be careful. You have to continue to keep an eye on your long-term projections and realize when you might need to take that plan B. When will your liquidity run out and you need to sell some real estate or take some aggressive action like moving? Sounds not so good, but we'll end there. It's CFP Chad Burton. Lots to think about in retirement and heading towards retirement. You want to have a financial plan in place. CFP Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. People now spend more time on the Internet on mobile than they do on laptops. The shift to mobile is complete. Mobile Internet usage rose 13% year over year and now hits 1 trillion minutes. That's a fun number to write down on paper. Pepsi got a big boost from North America snack and drink sales, which you don't necessarily think of. They made about $930 million in the quarter just ended versus last year at this time. They made about $1.2 billion, so it's down. But in the short term, it's got kind of a USA, USA thing going. Stock is a dollar from its all-time high. Good long-term company, not going out of business anytime soon. Nice little dividend. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, a couple things I want to hit this segment. I always try to accomplish something. Hotels are getting pretty aggressive, and I love this story because I love a good hotel. They're getting more aggressive in their fight to get travelers to book reservations directly with them instead of through online travel agencies such as Expedia and Priceline. There's something about shopping for vacations and shopping for hotels that feels rewarding. Now, Hyatt Hotels has become the latest chain to offer guests a discount for booking a room directly through their own website. Members of its Gold Passport loyalty program can save up to 10% in hotels. Move follows similar campaigns by Hilton, Marriott, Starwood. Um, hotel companies have been tortured with online booking sites. They rely on the sites to bring travelers to their properties and fill rooms. Uh, but companies like Expedia and Priceline charge commissions of 15% or higher. 
hotel chains would rather keep that money for themselves and, you know, 15% that goes to the hotel or to the booker versus 10% discount. Ooh, they're saving money. Um, the vast majority of travelers coming from sites are, you know, new brand agnostic incremental uh, to the chain's loyal customers. So Expedia said online travel agencies help travelers discover new hotels and offer efficiencies. And I think there's some truth to that. Like if you say you want to go to Maui and then you're looking at the different parts of the island and you can see the reviews and like, hey, Western Maui gets a lot of wind. Uh, the eastern side is, you know, not very good for swimming. And, and I'm just making that up for the record. Like I don't know that. But it, it's helpful. But then also at the same time, I now know that, hey, if these sites are offering, you know, discounts. Um, they don't want you to click around. And they have got loyalty members programs. I'm willing to sign up for that. Get free, some free Wi-Fi, get some discounts. Uh, whatever it is that you're getting is attractive to me. Now, I want to talk about real estate. Real estate, real estate, real estate, location, location, location. Because you hear a lot of radio and TV people. You hear a lot of, like, uh, a friend of mine came to me yesterday and said, you know, best thing I ever did was, you know, I sold a house in Dallas and used that money to buy a house here. So he kind of lily pad jumped from one lily pad to the next. And it's worked out well for him. Um, and I don't know if he was telling me that because he's going to like refi and take money out or, you know, it's like sometimes when you buy a home correctly and you pull in 100 to $500,000 of equity, you're like, whoo, that's like three years of work. I could take some time off. Um, I don't like it. I don't like that thought, but you see where I'm coming out with this. So the Miami real estate market has turned into a meltdown. And I offer this up because sometimes we feel impervious, like, my home will never lose value. The number of sales and prices in posh Miami Beach, home to many of the city's most expensive and highest profile properties, fell during the first quarter, according to a new report. Inventory soared by roughly a third. When you think of real estate, you think San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, Places that have a lot of businesses. You don't really throw Miami in there, but when you start thinking about high-end beach barrier islands kind of thing, you start thinking, woo The typical sale price in Miami Beach fell 7.5% year over year. So it's now about $905,000. Typical. That's median sale price fell about 6.6% year over year to about 408000 So the high-end properties has fallen about 7.5%. The middle... 6.6%. That's telling the high end's taking it the hardest, right? Total number of sales in the whole area fell during the period, dropping 21%. Holy cannoli. Inventory surged 33%. There's now a 21 and a half month supply of properties in Miami. At six months and under, it's a seller's market. Because sellers typically like, hey, they gussy up the property, they put it on for listing. So typically, under six months, it's the seller's market. Because most people could survive one, two, three, four months without selling the property. But once you get it to about six months of it being on, you're like, that. my intent wasn't for it, it to sit forever. My intent wasn't to pay that mortgage. Where my intent was to get away from that mortgage. So 21 and a half months, they say six to nine months, it becomes a buyer's market. What the hell? Like, what, what do you determine the price at 21 at, at that? Like, 
are you kidding me? 21 and a half months supply? Is that a, a triple buyer's market? Is that a foreclosure? Is, what's going to happen there? Inventory's up 33%. That's pretty amazing. Inventory is how many days it would take to sell every single property. Now, that's not the average, of course. The average number of days on market has doubled from 53 to 97. So Miami is getting swacked. So if you look at your little home in the peninsula, San Francisco, San Jose, and you go, I am impervious. You get one company like Apple saying, you know what, U.S. government, if you want that $180 billion in cash that we have, you give us a discount on our tax rate, or you give us a one-time repatriation, or you know what, we may move out of the country. They could do it. I don't think it would be wise for them to do it, but that would cause home prices to collapse when you see how many employees Apple has. So real estate experts see that combination of weaker demand from overseas buyers and a vast crop of luxury condo towers under construction is driving down prices. It's not going to get better anytime soon. So if you've always wanted to buy in Florida, in Miami, if that's going to be your retirement community, and I don't, I suggest visiting it before you do, I found Miami to have some really, really lovely Art Deco hotels, and then I found much, many parts of the city just to be rat holes. Now, Miami has a fascination for me because that's right, Miami Vice. It changed television. It encapsulated a decade. Jan Hammer, he recorded about 20 minutes of new music for each episode. The music started becoming a big thing into it. Philip Michael Thomas. Remember Philip Michael Thomas? He was a nobody before jumping to Miami Vice. He was in a movie, a low-budget ripoff of the Dreamgirls. Uh, what else do we have to talk about? The idea of the show is rumored to stem from NBC executive Brandon Tartikoff. Down MTV Cops. He wrote down MTV Cops on a napkin. Um, Brandon Tartikoff was a pretty smart television producer. And you look at it now, and you're like, he was like, I think he was the guy behind Cheers and Cosby Show and things like that. And now you go, Cosby Show, ooh, ooh. So here's the hypothetical question that came from a TV show. If you were to win free tickets to a Bill Cosby Show, would you go? Would your mother go? Would your kids go? Uh, I think that's a fascinating. Crockett, who was on this TV show, was a Vietnam vet. Remember the good old days of Vietnam vets becoming cops, TV shows, and private detectives? Anyway, that show had Bruce Willis, it had Chris Rock, it had Joy Roberts, it had Ed O'Neill, it had Chris Elliott. A lot of guest stars. A lot of musicians appeared on the show, too. Phil Collins, Glenn Fry, Frank Zappa, Ted Nugent, Sheena Easton, Willie Nelson. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial. Miami real estate not looking good. Find me online at robblackshow.com, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW.
I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. This show covers any sort of topic that you really want to talk about. Um, I try to, you know, do that for the show and push it as aggressively can into people's minds that retirement is up to you. Social Security is not going to be enough to make your retirement great. Now, hey, if you're a cop, if you work at a university, maybe, um, different types of careers, DMV, you can get a pension. You know, state pensions are pretty good, all things considered. If you choose not to go after big dollars and going after a higher-end career, uh, state pensions can be okay. And uh, I just want you to think, you know, going in, I know that I know this and, you know, feel pretty comfortable with it. Amazon is going to war with Netflix. Launch a new standalone video streaming service. The online retail giant is letting customers subscribe to its video streaming service by itself for, a, for the first time, which is really kind of interesting because it doesn't make sense. You can now pay $9.99 or $8.99 for a month of Amazon Video. So you do the math and you go, let's, okay, let's just round it to 9 okay? And you do times 10, 90, add 9, 99, then add another 9, 108, plus taxes. But Amazon Prime is $99 a year. Um, you know, sometimes you can even get it for 10, 20, 30% off as they do that. I find that interesting that they would do a standalone service that is actually more expensive than what they currently do with Prime, where you get the free shipping thrown into it. So you have a choice if you want to buy it on a yearly basis or monthly. I guess that's the difference. Um, Elsewhere out there, happy tax day for most Americans. Corporate tax dodging. Big multinational companies. You know the concept, right? Shelter overseas profits from federal taxation. Costs the U.S. economy more than $100 billion a year by withholding more than $1 trillion collectively. So, Apple was cited by the group Oxfam as one of the biggest corporate offenders, holding some $181 billion in money offshore. GE's $119 billion, and Microsoft $108 billion. So, the U.S. effective corporate tax rate is 35%. But in this corporate study, they found that companies used a variety of tax strategies to cut that rate to just 26.5% with only five of the 50 companies paying the full 35%. So, um, our tax needs to be overhauled. You know, clearly Apple's not breaking the law, or maybe it's not clear, but the IRS isn't getting their money, and they could if we overhauled corporate taxes, maybe met, not halfway, maybe 30% of the way, maybe 70% of the way, I don't know. Citigroup is in the news today. They're downgrading its outlook on the U.S. economy for 2016, saying that risks are very evident. They added another year, 2016-2017. Despite such tepid growth prospects, we project a slow decline in the unemployment rate to 4.7% by the end of 2016 and 4.5% by 2017. It's kind of weird. So they're expecting employment to continue to get better, but they're saying that they have problems with the U.S. economy based on increased evidence of the dampening effects from, you know, looming uncertainty. 
this is one that it's a little tough to put your finger on and go, okay, people have jobs, but they're not spending is kind of what it comes down to. Recently, they revised their incoming data for GDP. They expect it to grow about nine-tenths of a percent in the first quarter and 1.7% for the year, 1.7%. Now, GDP, if I were to give you a cheat sheet, you want it somewhere between 2 and 4%. 2% slow. It's the cold porridge. 4% is hot. It's the hot porridge. 3% is just right. So to give you a further Goldilocks, 2% is the, um, the soft and, and too, too bubbly bad. 4% it's too stiff. 3% it's just right. So we're at under 2%, what they're looking at, 1.7%. Um, not quite a recession, two quarters in a row, two quarters of the year of you know, any two quarters back-to-back, six months, essentially, of under, uh, of negative year-over-year numbers. So they believe, Citigroup, that there will be one rate increase this year, likely in September, unless development stir financial markets and or dampen further growth prospects. So there's a company saying things aren't looking great out there. Apple, interesting statistic on them. I was reading some data points. Apple said they expect people to use a new iPhone and Apple iWatch uh, for just three years before replacing it, while a Mac is expected to stay with its first owner for four years. So when you take a look at your Apple phone, $600 roughly, right? Um, plus it's, let's just call it 80 bucks a month, sometimes a little higher, sometimes a little lower. Maybe some people are getting as cheap as 60 Having a phone is really expensive. Yeah, it's it certainly replaced some cost of your life, like reading newspapers and things like that, but it ain't cheap. So Apple expects every three years, in a, their latest environmental push, they released that document that calculates how much its products contributes to greenhouse gas life cycle. One of the metrics it detailed was years of use. Years of use, which are based on first owners, are assumed to be four years for the OSX and TV operating systems and three years for the iOS and watch operating systems. So you can see a lot of their businesses return business every three years. It's their expectation. And the people that drop their phone, crack their phone, send it swimming in the toilet, uh, you can see that their upgrade cycle uh, would be obviously faster and more profitable to Apple as it cuts your cost of ownership from $200 a year to, or it increases your cost of ownership from $200 a year to, well, you just drop your iPhone after one year and it was 600 bucks. Um, Apple software updates have not always been supported by some of these old phones. And with that said, the data is a little skewed, but not bad. It's, it's about right on the refresh cycle. So think about that. Um, getting people coming back on a pretty regular basis is their business model. Yahoo, it's here. The day is here. The fire sale is approached company has, uh, if you have an interest in it, better call them up soon. Verizon Communications is said to be or thought to be the best fit for acquiring Yahoo. Uh, Yahoo wants the bids in before they report earnings. It is expected that they're going to see a pretty big sales decline over at Yahoo. Um, and it's also expected that if there is a bid, that Yahoo might fight it. Uh, CEO Marissa Mayer and Chairman Maynard Webb 
um, their entertaining offers for Yahoo Mail, Yahoo Sports, Yahoo Finance, and Tumblr. I would say those are the four biggest parts of the company. And so far, we've seen companies with interest, AT&T, Alibaba, Google, SoftBank, uh, Time Magazine, Microsoft maybe adding a little bit of private equity juice to the deal. So there's been talks along those lines. Um, what's it worth, the core internet business? $5 billion to more than $8 billion. Yahoo's 15% stake in Alibaba is worth about $30 billion. It's 35% stake in Yahoo Japan is worth about $9 billion. So you add that all up, and you, um, you can unlock some shareholder value. That's the thought, anyway. Um, so you might see that stock move a little bit higher. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Don't forget to file your taxes today if you haven't. File an extension if you need to. The S&P 500 is a market we watch. Oil had a rough run over the weekend as there was a big meeting, and ultimately nothing was decided. At one point in time, <clears throat> excuse me, I, spring allergies kill me. They just kill, and, they, and worse yet, they just devastate me. Like, they make me extremely tired. But uh, you don't really care about that. You're like, tell me about the stock market. But oil prices were down as much as 7%. Um, now they're just down about 2.5%. But we started off in the red, and we moved to the green on that news as, it, as you know, things got a little bit better. And the overreaction of the overshoot came back in a little bit. Um, tax returns, do we care about tax returns, or is that too much information at this point in time? Five million tax returns expected today as the deadline nears. So there was a three-day delay beyond the typical April 15th deadline because Friday was a legal holiday in the District of Columbia. It was the nation's uh, District of Columbus celebrating uh, Emancipation Day. Holiday commemorates President Abraham Lincoln. Uh, um, signing the District of Columbia's Compensated Emancipation Act in 1862, which freed 3,000 slaves and later became much bigger and was spread across the nation. Uh, pretty cool. So, 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. This could be a big week of earnings on the S&P 500. IBM and Netflix are headliners after the close today. Goldman Sachs, Johnson & Johnson, United Health, they're going to lead things off tomorrow morning. About 100 of the 500 S&P 500 companies report this week. So we'll have some good drama. Stay with me. You can find me online at robblackshow.com, YouTube, Rob Black Show, and Twitter, Rob Black Show. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. One of the areas that I think 
I'm not going to say most fascinated with, because that's kind of not the coolest thing to say, because it's not true. But I get a lot of questions and a lot of, like, um, pushback on what retirement looks like and when can you actually retire. And I tend to find that husbands and wives sometimes have really different answers. Are you really on track to retire is a question I think a lot of people have for themselves. Savings benchmarks based on age and income can offer a quick assessment, but you shouldn't base your plan entirely on that. Um, someone around the age of 40 with income of $100,000 should have 2.6 times that amount put away for retirement. Someone aged 40 with an annual income of 100 should have 2.6 times that amount. By age 60, that multiple is now about 7.3 times your income. Fidelity, they've got savings factors on their website. They say that for a 40-year-old worker based to have saved an amount equivalent to three times their salary, and by age 60, you want eight times your salary. Those sound kind of slightly different, right? They are slightly different. Fidelity's being more conservative. If you can hit those multiples, you're doing good. You're doing well. If you can't, and it looks like a tall order, you may have to start you know, juggling what your expectations are. Do you retire in the Bay Area? Do you retire in Seattle? Seattle's going to be a lot cheaper. Not a lot cheaper. Um, do you retire in Florida or Arizona where it's going to be a lot cheaper? So hitting these numbers can be pretty intimidating. Despite some swelling ranks of 401k millionaires, a lot of people have saved far less. A quarter of workers say their family has less than $1,000 in savings. Can you imagine? I'm not going to say that would give me nightmares because I don't want to come across as crass. That money makes the world go round, the world go round, the world go round. Um, but that feels pretty light to me. $1,000 saved for retirement. A lot of it's also going to have to do with your health and how long you want to live. Um, my mom has had bad health now for 20 years of retirement. My dad died 25 years ago, um, 23 years ago, roughly. And she never, she worked as a housewife, but she never worked, worked. She volunteered in work, work kind of in situations, but she never worked, worked. So she's over 80 now, right? And the thought is, she's had a couple strokes 15 to 20 years ago. She's had a lot of falls. Um, I'm pretty open about, you know, explaining to you how tough things get um, as you age. You know, my mom got called by an insurance company who sold her a life insurance policy that she doesn't need. And she signed it because it sounded like free money the way it was pitched. Um, it's a waste of money. And she started throwing more away in the policy than it would pay out because she's 80 years old and in poor health. My mom fell a couple times, which 
ultimately led to us putting her in a home. And when you say fall, falling can't get back up. When you say fall, it's can't get back up and sit in your own poop and feces for two days. Probably a day or two days away from passing away and dying because she couldn't get back up. So we sold her home last year for her, um, put her in a home. Not a home home, but assistant living. She hates it. I hate it. It's the best thing for her because there's people around who can watch her on a day-by-day basis and who she can talk to. It's way better than sitting on your recliner in the living room and watching the Home Shopping Network all day long. Which, I don't have a thing against the Pope, but the Home Shopping Network sold a lot of Pope pens, papal pens, at 60 bucks a pop. And my mom bought five of them for a couple of her grandchildren, and the grandchildren didn't want that. Uh, me and my brother David, David's the lawyer, I'm the money guy. We didn't want her to spend money like that. You know, she's got a good retirement due to the pension that the U.S. military set my father up with, which was passed on to her. But she doesn't have a great retirement. Selling the home will be a good thing for her, but a horrible thing for her children, as we're not going to get an inheritance. I don't want one, but I'm sure some of my brothers would be like, that would be nice. I'd fix up my kitchen with that. Or something along those lines, right? Um, so figuring out the right number or the wrong number isn't always the easiest. Um, I would like for you to retire with between 10 and 20 times your salary at age 67 if possible. That's not that's not realistic, though. There's age discrimination out there. There's also, you know, I could tell you from being a guy over 40 that most of my friends who once were rock stars in technology are now consultants at best. Um, I've got a friend who used to work for Valve and had he stayed there with the stock options, um, he'd be a you know, multi, multi, multi-millionaire. I've got another friend who used to work at Yahoo who he's been working on an app for three years now and his wife begs him to get a job. Um, but sometimes going back to work, Google and Facebook don't, don't want the gray hairs. Um, I don't know. At least 10 times your salary before you retire. That's your magic number. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Everything's cool when we're all in line for the throne. But I know it's not forever. Maybe be the class clown. I'll be the beauty queen in tears. It's a new art form showing people how to reach you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.